0: Founder and host of Open Up Podcast, Lachlan Samuel, is on the other side of the microphone this week as he delivers a super honest and raw account of his story. Lachlan begins by sharing how he was caught up in the highs and lows of the WA FIFO culture and the impact it had on him, his self-image and his relationships. It's really interesting to listen how he shares his self-talk during this period. It was this impact that left him feeling that the world would be better off without him, and led him to attempt suicide. Lachlan's story, however, doesn't stop there. He talks about the process and reaction to sharing his attempted suicide with others. He also talks about further brushes with suicide, including those around him who had had an impact on his life. The most impressive thing is his continued work on him and in himself, and how he's unraveled the sources of the stories that have defined and dictated his life which lead to even more revelations which you'll hear about in the podcast. This work now includes giving back and serving the community through his Open Up podcast and support group that supports people in similar circumstances with courageous stories of overcoming struggle and dark moments. Lachlan also talks with great optimism about the future of mental health in Western Australia. It was a true privilege to create a space for this story to be told and shared with this very brave young man. So I give you Lachlan. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Opening up and getting vulnerable as a key element of mental health is one of the themes we'll be exploring today with host and creator of the Open Up podcast, Lachlan Samuel. Lachlan, welcome to the show. Thank you, my man.
1: You've got a sexy voice. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll
0: tell you that as a compliment from yeah, a fellow podcaster. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so, one of the questions I always kick off with is how people ended up in Western Australia. And you're obviously from New Zealand. Yep. Um, for those who can't see, the tattoos will give that away. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, tell me, how did you end up here? Cause you came to Kalgoorlie when you were 19. Yes. So and Perth later on.
1: Literally, my older brother has lived in Australia since he was about 20. And he's 40-odd now. So he moved from Melbourne to Kalgoorlie. He was working doing FIFO, Dido as well, drive-in, drive-out. And he just kept battering me with messages saying, this is how much money I'm making, you should come over here. Because at the time, I think I was an apprentice plumber drain layer making about 420 bucks a week on 60 hours. Right. Yeah, so he was battering me, telling me how much he was making off of one day, which was like my (laughs) weekly wage. And one day he told me 14 hours I made a grand or something i was like man get me over there um told me i had a job so pretty much booked a ticket and like one week later i was in kalgoorlie working on a mine site
0: how long has that been for now
1: oh that was about eight eight or nine years ago yeah yeah had any hankerings to go back to new zealand um not to live no since moving from kalgoorlie to perth i've become very much accustomed to the laid back like easy going lifestyle yeah. that they have here. I don't I, want to leave good coffee either. <laughs> good coffee.
0: So, how did you uh, did you know most about what did you know much about Western Australia when you grew up or obviously you knew about Australia because across the pond. Yeah. But Western Australia or was it just miles
1: away? And- no, not at all. Um, I had a lot of friends whose parents moved to WA and Perth in particular to do yeah. FIFO. Especially in high school. But I thought Perth was just, like, next to Sydney. I thought <laughs> I thought Perth and Penrith <laughs> were the same thing. So, like, growing up, I had no idea there was another side to Australia. Yeah. I just thought there was Sydney, Melbourne, yeah. Gold Coast, and Brizzy.
0: <laughs> and what do you enjoy about living here now? Obviously, coffee.
1: Yeah, coffee. <laughs> it's, it's just the lifestyle, especially when you go down south to Margaret River and stuff like that. Yeah this is a real easygoing, laid-back lifestyle, but there is so much opportunity here. There's so much more, it's abundant here. Whereas back home, you've got to be uber-talented at something to make your way through, you know, to the pinnacle of any any category in you know, the industry. Right.
0: Is that because it is, I mean, I, I view Perth as being remote, but is that because New Zealand's that next
1: level remote, or? Um, I think it's because it's based on mostly sports accomplishments right <laughs> obviously all blacks and things like yes. that yeah yeah that's what it's based off of that's how you determine success back there
0: right <laughs> there you go so you you host and have created the open up podcast which as i read here brings real stories of struggle from real people courageously opening up and sharing their darkest moments so that anyone currently suffering under the same circumstances can resonate share and seek help to do something like this, and we'll go into the story of why in a minute, but to do something like this, there's a real sense of um, giving and supporting and, and serving others. Where does that come from in Lachlan's story? Is that something that was role-modeled by
1: mum, dad, family? or? Um, well, my father's always been... He's been part of the police force um, since before I was born. Still part of the police force. He started... Um, something called the Homicide Squad back in Auckland, New Zealand and that's since uh, spread throughout the country I think and that is literally him just dealing with um, rape and murder so growing up there was a lot of um, him being away having to deal with murder seeing um, cases of murder on the news and then knowing that he was away trying to solve it trying to catch that person and so I never felt compelled to be in that position amongst violence but that was very much an influence on me and um, Go, going to where you know just going just there. wanting to help people yeah. yeah it was very much an influence but my mother also I think embedded in me subconsciously the fact that I was a healer because she went to a psychic when I was little and she yeah. told me that the psychic told her that I was supposed to be a healer when I was older and she kept saying that over and over, like here and there throughout yeah. my life. And I think I think I fucking believe it. I, <laughs> I, I, I believe well, it like my absolute out, core it? now. But yeah. I think that at times when I've fallen behind, when I've hit depression, anxiety, stuff like that, I've fallen back to, okay, I'm a healer. What do I need to do? I'm aligned with who I believe I am. Right. So let's return to that.
0: Nice. Yeah. It's
1: what, funny what the power that words have. It, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because, yeah, there, there's a little program that your mother's put in you. Yes. Where <laughs> somebody else is put in her. Yeah. And now it's, in effect, playing out. It is, man. It's awesome. Mm. And what is, it, what is it you think... Obviously, now you now believe this. What is it you think you're healing?
1: I... This is what I'm trying to niche down because you can't help everyone. Yeah. I believe that I'm here to in the stigma surrounding mental health but I feel that's still too broad mm. I want to help people feel like they're not alone or realise that they aren't actually alone no matter how alone they feel that's that's the biggest problem when you disassociate yourself from people you create that isolation hmm. and when you create isolation you don't have anyone to fall back on but yourself and if your mind is playing tricks on you you're only going to trick yourself into yeah, suicide you're playing demons <laughs> with and yourself shit like that, yeah Yeah, we've had, um, been on the podcast before. Uh, Lady
0: Catherine who had um postnatal depression and and she was becoming more and more isolated and she talked about that. We've had Leon on here Mm -hmm. as well, who you've had on your podcast, who talks about the silence and the more it becomes, you know, people don't talk, listening to what's going on in here, yeah, and it ends up in some dark
1: places. That's it, man.
0: So Talking a dark place, obviously you've had your own experience, which has been yeah. like, propelled you into doing this. And that, you know, that, all, that also included an attempted suicide as well. Yeah. Would you be happy to
1: talk us through that a bit? Yes. So obviously like did Fife phone Kalgoorlie, met a wonderful woman there. Um, and we've got a baby together now, but met her there. Then we moved to Perth um, for the lifestyle. And I started doing uh, fly in, fly out, and I think that was on. It was on a five and two roster, so I was doing five days away, um, two days back in Perth, and during that, tough. that, oh, it's it's not that tough in comparison to what's coming. But yeah. then I didn't really understand normal life. I had a warped perspective because my life was working away and then coming back and then blowing all my money on me and my partner spinning up large and then going away and then as I was doing this she was slowly getting more and more depressed um, and I was so selfish that I didn't realise it or didn't want to acknowledge it what was the cause of her? because I was away so often yeah because we neither of us had family in Perth so for her she was living here alone while I was away making money with all my friends going to the pub going to the gym at night come back and then I'd blow it all We'd have an awesome time, and then I'd yeah, leave again. Roller coaster, yeah. two days hard, yes. five days light. And she's she's someone who gets sleep paralysis nearly every night at that time. So right, she has those visions of like demons and stuff when she just as she falls to sleep. So going to sleep for her was really hard. Yeah, and it just compounded the fact that she was depressed and got to a point where she was threatening to uh, attempt on her life. Unless I come back. Yeah. And I was so selfish that I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm not, you're just trying to, yeah. you know, um, manipulate me into leaving FIFO. That's who I am. Like, I'm, I'm a FIFO guy. I work yeah. hard, make good money. I became an identity label. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And so she eventually attempted. And I still didn't stop. Got to a point where from five days away, two days back in Perth, I went to four weeks away. And then one, one week back in Perth. Whoa. Yes. So it just escalated that, and then it got to a point where it got so toxic that we split up um, because of that, my work ethic died off, I became useless at work and then got laid off
0: because of that
1: yes, and so i lost lost my identity yeah um, if you big were time and that was really that world. was like the pinnacle of the money I made, so that was like three to four grand a week, and I loved that identity, I loved being. Yeah. This like at the time abusing steroids as well, so I loved being this jacked dude who had a lot of money, right? <laughs> and then when I lost that, boom, over man, and um, I spiraled hard into depression, right? <laughs> yeah. And
0: what were what was that? you say spiraled hard into depression? What was sort of some of the stories you were
1: telling yourself? Or what was sort of the things you were acting out? Well, the story that I've had in my head for a long, long time, which I've just which I'm learning to get over at the moment over the last six months is I am not enough I Mm. think that's the same for everyone that I'm not enoughness I don't deserve and I'm not enough yeah yeah like um I tied my identity to having that money and to being this person within my family or my friends group who was successful um yeah quotes and so when I lost that I was like shit I'm a failure now. What, what do I have? Like all I have are these qualifications that relate to the FIFO industry. I can't go to anything else. Like I have to stay in FIFO, you know, Mm. and it scared me to go back. Because, you know, the impact it's having elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It scared me to go back, man. Um, So I was, I was stuck in limbo feeling like I wasn't enough telling myself I wasn't enough. Telling myself I was a piece of shit really, to be quite honest. Mm. That had been my talk. And that's what I'd use to push myself to do well in anything I've done. Mm. Is that negative reinforcement. But over time you begin to believe what you're telling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So like, come on, man. You're a piece of shit. Do this. And it's like, Yeah. yeah, I'll do it. And then over time, once you get into that point where your mind's playing tricks on you when you're touching on depression, when you say, hey, man, you're a piece of shit, go do it. You're no longer going. Okay, yeah, let's go do it, man. You're like, "Oh, yes I am a piece of shit. Maybe yeah. maybe I should just kill myself." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Big rant, but you know, that's yeah. That's in the workings of my mind. Sad. So how so how did you actually then get to this point? Well, I actually attempted, so over the space of maybe a few months, I went from Borrowing money off of everyone I loved and cared about, even people who couldn't afford to give me money. So I knew I was putting them in a financial deficit. Couldn't afford to pay my child support, couldn't afford my rent. You had a child at this point? Yes. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, man, I couldn't afford to eat most of the time. So while I was working, I was stealing mints out of my Uber car that I was yeah. driving for someone else. Stealing mints and I was eating 10 mints a day just so that he wouldn't notice how many were going missing and that lasted for like a couple of weeks. And then i have worked my way onto to having a big tin of tuna. And then after a couple of weeks, you know, had enough money to start eating properly again. But
0: So with within, this money from the fire industry,
1: gone. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And go within, within that, within that time, man, I just woke up one day. I was like, dude, you're a burden, but like, you're causing so much damage to the people who love you. It's just better if you go. And so I tried it, Um, long story short, put my head in the noose, stepped off the crate. As soon as my neck hit it, like visions of my daughter, holding her mum's hand, going to school, having no dad, um, freaking out, man. And I just remember, like, I don't even remember getting my head out of the noose. I just remember being on the floor, wailing like a little baby, thinking, what did you just try and do? It's interesting because I listened to your first podcast, and
0: you, you said you said how uh, you always stood there, and you were still, you didn't feel a thing, nah. And then, yet seconds later, you're on the floor, just it's all coming out.
1: Yeah. Well, to be honest, man, I think that people who attempt it, the people who are successful, don't want to die. They just want the suffering to end, the pain to end. Yeah. They just don't know how to go about doing that. Yeah. And that's... That's why I think mine didn't end with me dying. It's because... You know, like, I'm a scaffolder rigger by trade, so I know how to tie knots. Like, if you know how to tie knots, bro, you should have... Like, you should have tied the right one. Yeah. You know? Um, So subconsciously, I know I didn't want to die. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have done a good job of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a bit of you that was almost like...
1: Yeah. I
0: just pushing myself further to wake up
1: yeah yeah and i needed that and that was my uh, moment that's what turned that me was your around. epiphany yeah
0: and, and what sorry what was the kind of the epiphany there? It was the picture of it was the
1: your daughter. seeing seeing my daughter holding her mum's hand not having a father and not ever being able to hold a dad's hand like could you imagine your daughter not being able to hold your hand again yeah no. Yeah, it makes me fucking tear up. But yeah, just the thought of that is, I don't know, breaks breaks my heart, man. Yeah, every time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so after that, wh- where'd you go? What'd you do? Did you tell anybody that you just done that? No, no, nah, I didn't <laughs> tell anyone for
1: like ooh, a year, a year and a half. Shit, how'd you keep that bottled up? Um, easy, man. I just <laughs> kept, I just kept telling myself. Um, there's something changed Change. at that point though. Yeah, something changed where it was like shit, I have to do something. So I like I I went into meditation. And I started I had this thing, I had a little GoPro camera and I was going to <clears> get a either a sunset or a sunrise every day, capture it and post it on Instagram. Um and stuff like yeah, that. I appreciate and, the nature around. Yeah, exactly, and a lot of self-development, a lot of reading and a lot of writing. That's when I learned that I could actually write. But with the uh, chasing the sunsets and the sunrises I didn't realise that I was using grounding as well so connecting to the earth yeah, receiving the negative charge and reducing inflammation all that sort of stuff man yeah. ionisation is super powerful but yeah man from there it's it's just been an upward climb like there's been obstacles and barriers but they've been ones that I've that I can overcome because you're going because I'm slowly learning yeah every day <laughs>
0: Far out. And so, um, how long after did you start to write your blog and then move into Open Up?
1: Well, about... Actually, when did you first tell somebody about... It was when I wrote that that blog piece. Because I was was just writing stuff for Facebook. I was one of those people who, you know, someone... Someone will post something and there'll be people arguing in the comments and I'll go on, Yeah. Give my two cents and be like, Yeah, Yeah. I got you. (laughs) I argued the shit out of you. (laughs) One of those yeah, yeah. one of those one of those people, man. Like social justice warrior, but um his keyboard. Yeah, but I I was writing little blogs and pieces like that after reading Russell Brand and his book about the world. Um and then I was writing one day and it just kept coming out all this stuff about my attempt and I was blubbering like a girl writing it just crying all over the paper and then it got to the end of it and I was like shit I've never actually read this or like never said it never said any of it yeah. out loud I've internalized it because I've never spoken to anyone about it <clears throat> and so how did that feel? scary scary in what way? Scary to think that I'd done this, but I'd never really owned up to it or spoken about it or like even tried to seek help. I just thought I could hide it and bury it and it'll be, be okay. Yeah. But I ended up deciding that I'd post it on Facebook. Um, and then I called my parents. and said, look, this is what's happened. Um, I've written this. I want you to read it, and then call me. And so they called, and they were crying. I'd let my daughter's mum know and my partner at the time. And then I posted it, and I just had people reaching out from all over the place.
0: Mm. It's amazing, that huh, isn't it? Yeah, you actually put something real.
1: Yeah, and that was at a that was at a point in time where people weren't really talking about that stuff. Yeah. So I got a lot of flack, for being a pussy. Really? Yeah. Like, From and, who? And being a faggot. From a lot of people. like yeah. Fight industry, bro. It's, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I got a lot of flack when I posted that. But I got overwhelming How did you support. feel about the flack? Um, at the time... At the time, I wasn't happy. Like, I've, obviously, someone's attacking you. you yeah. Know, for something that you've done that you regret it's not a good place to be in but I understand now that those are just people who are hurting who don't know how to deal with their own shit (laughs) yeah yeah and so that people reaching out asking for my help spawned a private Facebook group the open up group yeah where people just go on and share what they're going through and receive love and support and advice air quotes from people who have lived experience yeah yeah so, if you've gone through something similar, you're more than likely going to jump on and say, this is what I did yeah, to get through that. Maybe you can do that too, or it's just going to be uh, like big love. Hope you're doing okay. Just letting you know that people are okay with you sharing that stuff. That was, that was the whole premise, and took about another year, two years, before I got around to making the podcast. What was the sort of motivation behind that? well um again back to (laughs) depression back at um i ended up back doing fifo Yes, because i needed the money four and one roster again up at wheatstone um from one weeks yeah four four weeks away one week back yeah and um what was it like going back to that it was hard because i wasn't the same person you know i'd when you're growing and you're amongst people who are content remaining the same, it's a toxic environment. Or even going yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and if you if you don't if you're not comfortable drinking or betting yeah. or gambling or talking about stuff that doesn't really matter, then you're the outcast. And I was very I was very much um, finding it hard to be in that environment. Um, amongst people who are comfortable doing that for the rest of their life because all I wanted to do was grow and self actualize and become the best version of myself I didn't see that happening but um, within that man I was touching back on depression again and it got to a point where I was telling the boys I was working with that I wanted to attempt again Right. Yes, and that if I went back to my room I was probably going to try and so, one of the boys that... Well, there are two of them that I really owe my life to the second time. um, One of them actually, like a month ago, took his own life. Wow. Yeah. You alright? Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he is probably the the most outgoing, smiley, genuine guy I met. Yet he was the one that took his life. And he helped you? Yeah, and he helped me, bro. Um, How did he help you? It's just, just someone that you can talk to. Someone who, when they see you're down, ask you what's wrong, talk about their problems, and then give you the space to open up yourself. And when I was super forward about wanting to attempt, there was no knee-jerk reaction of like, "Ugh, that's too much for me," to make me defensive and be like, "Oh shit, I can't," I can't, let I can't express this. I can't let it out. It's just very um, open to me being open, and that helped me tremendously. And he was someone who was there for me, big time then. And when I when I was forward and opened up about that. Um, I went to my supervisor or the site coordinator for our company and he was just pretty much like nah you're not going back to your room I'm not letting you go back you're on a plane right now and so they got me out and that's that was the last of it (laughs) that was the last of you (laughs) that was the last of it but the reason that I get emotional about my friend is because from the day I left to the day he passed And we heard about him passing. I didn't once reach out to ask him if he was okay because I just viewed him as a smiley guy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, even though it was a mask, I just viewed him as a smiley guy. I never reached out once. And even for his um, service that they held here, I couldn't turn up because I just felt so guilty. Mm. So it's a it's a fucking ripple effect, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably more than likely going to feel guilty for that for a long long time what's the guilt that you didn't go and... that I didn't even attempt to reach out yeah you know just paying that forward uh, yeah <laughs> just paying that forward man
0: hmm and is that part of what Open Up's about now?
1: yeah very much so like he's I've got his name and that he passed on my vision board so every morning i wake up i read that vision board read his name tell him that he's a big big reason a big part of my why a big reason that i'm pushing forward to open up <laughs> so how did that relate to the podcast um there's no like direct influence yeah. it's just me like having that accountability and having something more than just myself Self. that's influencing open up. It's It becomes real when it's more than... when it's about more than just you. Yeah. 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 That's something I have to work through. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> just that, that guilt, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... You've been running the podcast for 43 episodes now. Yeah.
1: How's that journey been? It's been life-changing, to be frank. Um, When I started this, I was very much that South Auckland mindset where you do not look someone in the eyes because it means you want to fight. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I couldn't sit here and look at you in the eyes because I'd be like starting off to the side or something because I was very uncomfortable doing that yeah whereas now I can comfortably sit there and like look into their soul while they bear everything while they get emotional and I'm fine being in that and I love being in that I love being this empathetic person that can provide a space for someone to open up and be vulnerable and that's something I never had before and that's I think that's the biggest change in me as a human as a man yeah is being able to sit in that and to help people through it that's that's changed my life immensely because it allows you to create genuine and authentic relationships based on empathy
0: yeah to actually like we're doing now yeah just create a space and then just ask questions of someone's story because you know you find that you try and tell a story or you try and tell something about yourself with your friends and you get halfway into it and then one friend will go oh yeah 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 because that's like the time when I did and then your buddy's <laughs> you've you've finished <laughs> but to actually create a space where people can actually just talk I mean, and we're not talking about therapy here we just tell a story and somebody be interested and yeah. ask the questions but then to sit there with it and, uh, you know, like you have today, just now you know, talking about your friend and then you sit with that story and you're like,
1: "Wow, yeah, well, that's, that changes yeah. you. That's the other big part about it, man, is that you learn how to listen. I was very much someone who needed to talk about myself because I needed to be validated all the time because I had so many insecurities. And there's a massive one that I should probably tell you about, but we can talk about it later. So many insecurities needed to validate myself. So I'd just talk about myself constantly, put myself, no matter what you're talking about, I'd try and work myself in and be like, oh, yeah, but I did this. Mm. That's similar to what you're talking about, so let's talk about me. Whereas now it's like I'm pretty comfortable asking you, like, what are you doing now? What do you enjoy? Are you happy? Shit like that. And I'll just listen contentedly because I'm genuinely interested. Yeah, and that's because I no longer need to talk about myself to be validated yeah. and I think I met um, Rahul part of um, Perth Active Depression Group and I sat with him and he just went on and on and on but I was content listening to him because I could tell that it was his passion and at the end of it he just goes man you're one of the best listeners I've ever like been around I was like, it's because I care man it's because I care enough to listen yeah most people don't and that's what you learn doing stuff like this especially with mental health which you'd know
0: <laughs> yeah you learn so much when you just shut up and listen Yeah. and if you ask a few questions the gold drops out and you, after a period of time you just hear this stuff and you're like far out <laughs> that's it man yeah I even get it with my daughter if i actually ask her questions come out of parenting tell mode and just ask her questions and let her talk after a while you
1: hear it you go wow yeah it's even to a point now where when i'm talking with friends i'm trying to get to their mission statement their why in life and their higher purpose like i'm not just interested in oh okay so you went to the gym you did crossfit you ate this and that because you're on a diet no why are you doing that like i want to know because i want to be a part of your life like for real yeah because i care about you getting to what you want to get to yeah and why you actually want to get there is it genuine is it because you're aligned with who you are and that's where mm-hmm. you actually want to be or is it a mask that you're creating for achievements and shit like that do you find that then depths out your friends, some of your friends really quickly and they're like look just give it a rest yeah or <laughs> yeah I've, I've always been a person who hasn't had too many friends to be honest man like Um, a lot like my mother she's very cold hearted she will if she lets you in her circle like you're gonna stay there but she doesn't let many people in like growing up I think she may have had like one to two close friends throughout my entire like childhood and adolescence yeah so I think I've picked that up and at the moment i probably have like four or five close friends but they're all quite happy for me to dig and dig and dig and then we get to a point where it's like maybe you should do this. And they're like, oh shit. Okay. Didn't think about that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But my circles, my circle's small and I think you have to keep it that way if you want to keep it authentic. <laughs> yeah. I, I okay. hear you.
0: So across the episodes, you must have, um, I know you, you mentioned, you know, looking for different tools and techniques that people have brought up. What have been some of the interesting sort of new learnings that you've got out of it new learnings um
1: from the tools and techniques of people sharing their stories well one that well the most interesting one and the one that i'm dabbling with at the moment is psychedelics mm. <laughs> so psychedelics so i'm looking to do ayahuasca which is like a root a plant medicine mm-hmm. um uh, which is supposed to be super intense, but I'm looking to do that uh, sometime this year as part of um, Aubrey Marcus's mastermind group. But at the moment I'm uh, microdosing psilocybin um, with mushrooms. Yeah. So I'm microdosing that to see what impact it has on <clears throat> my clarity and my creativity and my ability to connect with people. And I'm finding it's really, really powerful in a microdose form, but what people are talking about with psychedelics and I guess I'll put breath work in the same Hmm. breath is that ability for you to create that DMT or to have this out-of-body experience where you detach from the physical and when you can understand again that you are more than just your body yes especially if you are someone who is entirely connected or your identity is built around how you look Hmm which mine was yeah. for the most part yeah well you talked about <laughs> yeah being on steroids, on steroids and, and this, that, feeling really good about how I looked yeah man the, yeah. the psychedelics has been uh, I remember
0: from your first podcast there was something in there around acceptance and stuff as yeah well.
1: yeah it's a it's a work in progress it's yeah I don't think it's ever going to end <laughs> oh no it's a life's work but um psychedelics is really interesting yes um I'm looking to move into microdosing LSD next um but ayahuasca um ayahuasca and deep breathing wim Hof style breathing or mm. like shamanic breath work to produce that um excretion of d m t from your lungs or your penal gland that that's one that interests me a lot and one mm. that's not too often talked about and i think MD, MDMA has come out or scientists researching m d m a has Being something that's really interested me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Ayahuasca's turned up a couple of times in the podcast. Yes, yes. Have to get to that point, but I feel like I'm in a good position um, mentally that when I do finally get to it, I'm going to be the best version of myself that I could be be at that point. Yeah,
0: yeah. What have been other things that have turned up in the podcast?
1: Tools. Tools. Everyone. Tools and tactics. Everyone sort of brings up the same core um, method. To... Yeah, methodologies yeah. and stuff, man, or modalities. It's like the meditation, self development. Obviously, if you're not looking to grow yourself, if you're not looking to learn in your own time to better yourself, you're never going to get to a point where you can learn and grow to become the best version of yourself yeah so I think the most powerful one the one that's come up the most is the environment comes up every episode for like 40 something episodes so far yeah is the five people you spend the most time with Mm. you're going to be the average of that the average of the five people yeah Yeah. and and that's hugely important and it's Mm. true (laughs) if you're with if you're with someone who's constantly negative you're Eventually, you're going to become a negative person as well. Unless you are so high vibration that you cause them to be positive. Yeah. But it you know, doesn't usually work that way. Battle, <laughs> kind of, battle of energy worlds. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're better off spending your time and your energy with people mm. who are only going to raise your vibration or you know, help you achieve what you want to achieve. Mm.
0: I've, heard, yeah, I've heard that and show me your friends and I'll show you your future. yeah Yeah. that's cool I haven't heard that before yeah the guy went on and said you know if you're sitting around and all your friends are just laughing at tit jokes and farts then that's going to be the future yeah um across the podcast because I get asked this um so I asked you about like specific tools if you come out of it to like like chunk up to a higher level of it and look across all the podcasts Mm mm-hmm Do you find that there's almost like recurring themes in how people have got to where they've got to and out? So the content might be different, but the context and the underlying framework tends to be
1: similar. Yeah, well, I think anything we go through is generally down Mm. to like the belief that we have about ourselves, the way we perceive ourselves. Um, needing to fit in needing to feel like we're enough I think that goes for most people Mm. you you know you you always act a certain way so you fit in to a social group whether that's the one you're meant to be with or not and it's only like realising that you don't actually fit I think that's when when you start to decline and if you don't if you're not in a position where you can handle that mentally it's okay. where things start to unravel, but everyone seems to hit that aha moment. Whether it's an attempt, whether it's you know having their partner break up with them, um, their partner find out they are cheating, like like Leon, or um, or yeah, anything else. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or anything else, man. It's um, everyone seems to get out the same way by first having to accept that that is their reality at that time and that they need to work at it, not anyone else. I think <laughs> that, that goes for anyone, man. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing throughout.
0: Yeah, you start... If those stories are left unchecked and you continually at the whim and the back and call of the outside world...
1: Yeah, well, all these people... Um, all these people, after, after they've gone through their hardships, have to, at some point, accept responsibility for the role they play in creating that situation in the first place. Yeah. Yes. So we have the decisions every day. And if we make the right one or the wrong one, it's on us. And if we don't accept that, then we're going to be living a lie and it's going to get harder and harder to pull ourselves back to reality and to work on yeah. what we did wrong. So by accepting it, we can move forward. And that's what all these people have done. Do you, so I have this theory,
0: Yeah. right, that you can, you might go on these, sometimes I call them games of hide and seek Yeah. from yourself, right? You think you're this, you think you're that, so you go out and act that out and this, that, and the other. And then you have this sort of realization that, no, it's not quite you, and it's, it's time to come back to the core you. And you can try and ignore it. You can you can anaesthetize it with drink and drugs and, 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 and what have you, or you can ignore it and anaesthetize it with a modern day one that I see is, is busyness. We can be really fucking busy. And, and I found it interesting, certainly remember we just had Christmas. Yep. And the amount of people that, you know, they're away from work and away from business and they slow down and all this stuff starts coming oh get me back to work it's scary Um, but you can try and ignore it you can try and ignore it and after a period of time I refer to it as almost like your greater total self will go right I've had enough of this we're just going to smack you back yeah (laughs) we're just going to present something really shitty we're going to or or even take over your executive control of your body and your being and it goes no if you've not learned the lesson now I'm going to do this and then you're going to learn all yeah, right. exactly. I, I I've tried to be nice about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, this like people talk about God or the universe, whatever you want to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll say like the universe will give you these lessons, and if you don't learn the first time, it'll give you it again. Yeah. If you don't learn the second time, it'll just keep giving it and giving it until you finally learn yeah. from that and grow and become a better version of yourself. And that's like the physical body as well. Yeah. Like if you're if you're eating shit, you're ruining your digestive tract. You might get gastritis or something like that. Yeah. And your you're body will tell weight. you by making you sick. Yeah, and you'll put on weight. And, and yes, you'll, you might go go to the hospital, get some medicine, fix it, eat well for a little while. If you return back to that eating pattern, then you're going to get that same gastritis or that same inflammation hmm. of, the, of the intestinal system. It's going to tell you, tell you again, like, look, what you're doing for yourself isn't good. Like, return back to what made you better. And I know, I know that firsthand because that's what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm speaking about that. But that's the same with our hardships in life spiritually and mentally is we're going to be presented with these opportunities which seem like obstacles at the time to grow, to mm. learn, and to stop doing whatever it is that we're doing because we're making bad decisions consistently mm. which are leading to a shit life or yeah. Yeah, a life that isn't suited to us that we aren't aligned with.
0: Then the other part that I'm wrestling with at the moment, and I kind of asked you this before we started is, because I, I, I'm meeting more and more through the podcast of, of amazing people are doing amazing stuff, yet it's all from an instance that was pretty shitty. Yeah. You know, recently, Anne O'Neill lost her family, lost her leg, lost her husband, now looks after people. You know, I've had people who've had drink problems, drug problems. like, Leon, yourself, you know, he, and, and even you know, in my story, there's 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 real rock bottom bits, and then you're like, right, and, and now you're like, you you have this personal IP, and you want to do something with
1: it. Yeah, I
0: think that's part of the journey.
1: Yeah, I think it's tr-
0: perversely
1: enough, I think that's why social media's exploded like it has, man. Because when we have something, when we have some knowledge that we think. No one else has. We have this innate want to share it and to help people. Yeah. Um, I think that goes back to that tribe mentality. When you find something within a tribe, you know, back back in those times, when you find something in a tribe that you know is going to help the tribe, yeah, you bring it forth. You don't keep it to yourself, yeah, to keep yourself safe. You want to make everyone safe, and yeah. that, I think that's something that we innately have in us, and especially when it's rooted in emotion. When we can go back to an instance where we think about that time, like me with my attempt thinking about it and thinking, shit, I don't want anyone to ever feel like that. I've got this piece of information that can help you never, ever, ever have to experience that. So I'm going to try and help you. I think, I think that's what we are all innately here to do. We were meant to do. We were supposed to experience this sort of shit so that we could help others not have to experience it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'll share one of mine was that I've literally only just spoke started speaking about publicly on New Year's Eve. So a couple of days ago is um growing up I was introduced to sex at like eight to ten years old. So consistently from a guy having sex with me. Um and then I remember the day it ended. I remember him saying Look, look, man, we've got to stop because people are going to think we're gay. And I'm not too sure if I knew it was wrong at the time. I just remember that thinking, fuck, am I gay? (laughs) You know, am I gay? Like, what the hell? So I think over time, like this has been 20 years I've held on to this. I literally only told my parents two months ago. I literally only opened up for the first time like six months ago to a counsellor. So, man, I've, I held on to that and I've needed to, I was talking about like needing validation, needed to validate my ego by womanizing and cheating and seeking validation from as many women as I could, no matter whether I had a partner or not, because I needed to confirm that I wasn't gay. Right. And so that's been with me my whole life. And, you know, sometimes when I'd close my eyes, I'd see a fucking penis. So I'd be like, bro, you've had sex with a dude, like you're gay. And so I'd just constantly do that. And that's, I finally had a breakdown. I was like, why am I this person? Because I never got caught out for any of that stuff. So the girls that I was with, the parents, everyone around me thought I was this real nice guy, but inside I knew that that was just a mask, that I was a piece of shit who cheated on women but i didn't understand why yeah and unearthing the fact that i buried this big ass traumatic experience yeah really allowed me to see why i was acting the way i was acting and from there i could accept that now i'm a better person and that i do not have to keep acting that way but yeah that's only something i've (laughs) it's been a relief (laughs) off the show yeah yeah and then talking to actually it was scary but I reached out to him I was like look man we need to talk about this I need to talk to you because without talking to you about it I'm never going to get over this and I can never grow and then he he reached out to me as well and he's like man I haven't spoken about this to anyone this is the first time I've ever ever spoken about it out loud you know I've I've tried to bury this for the last 20 years as well and then it ended up being that he was part of a church and he was molested by adults and he was just doing what he thought was supposed to happen and he out. yeah and he'd never never spoken about it before so it's a huge weight off both of our shoulders man
0: <laughs> well <Wow. laughs> yeah you just feel um really
1: lighter yeah sorry to just dive into the deep end no. brother, but that's what this is about <laughs> that's the truth man It's um a lot of weight off my shoulders and so i made a video sort of talking a little bit about that at the end of it but there's still just that i've relinquished that need for validation from outside sources yeah now completely i feel completely and so i felt comfortable putting that out knowing that people were gonna respond with like gay or fag yeah. like you had sex with a dude yeah, especially I after just,
0: what you received in your blog post. Yeah,
1: I don't care, man. Yeah. Like I don't care at all. I mean, honestly give a shit. Yeah, I don't care at all. Like, fuck it. Yeah. You know? Uh a dude did have sex with me, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like if if it didn't happen, then I wouldn't be in this position now. Yeah. Yeah. So like everyone has their traumatic experience. Everyone has something that's rooted in emotion. If you can get to the bottom of why you're acting the way you're acting, what's causing your life to be shit. If Mm. it's not where you want to be, if you can identify that traumatic experience, unearth it and work through it, then accept your role that you played in it or accept how it's impacted you and then change from there. Like Your life's going to be remarkably better. Mm. And I'm proof of it. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed but my my end goal for that is to have myself and him sharing that on a stage somewhere on a big stage yeah like me come out and talk that'd about that that'd be strong and then him come out and talk about why
0: yeah mm.
1: that'd be strong yeah <laughs> I don't think you would find that anywhere today no no <laughs> but I'm very comfortable putting myself in a position where it's yeah like you're unsure of the reaction. Because yeah. it's no longer just about me, it's about helping other people.
0: Yeah. But if you're totally good in yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it, man.
0: You know, I mean there are parts there are parts in my journey where, you know, you're bottling stuff up and bottling stuff up and bottling stuff up and then you get caught, you get found out, you have to tell stuff or this, that and the other and da 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 and it's just like after a period of time.
1: I just don't fucking
0: care yeah I honestly don't care and you realise I'm good in myself
1: that's it man and that's why um, if people haven't listened to Leon's episode that's why you should go back and listen to his because what he talks about with being a man of your word is hugely powerful Mm. you can be a woman of your word as well yeah true (laughs) man is the human race but if you're a person of your word Like, you're never, ever going to have to have that uncertainty or that worry about someone finding out. Mm. You know, if you're just open and honest and authentic all the time, you're never, ever going to have that anxiety.
0: Mm. Nobody
1: needs that psychic pressure in them. Yeah. Especially, like, stupid shit. Like, coming here, I was late. I could easily have said, oh, sorry, man, there was traffic it wasn't traffic like I was it's just poor time management yeah (laughs) it's because I didn't manage my time properly like if I would have said it was poor traffic then I'd have to worry about you thinking like right now was it actually traffic (laughs) you know it's just stupid little shit like that that makes a huge difference Mm. And just be straight down the line (laughs)
0: yeah how coming out of it how do you see the state of mental health here in Western Australia
1: I think we're in the midst of a paradigm shift. People are quite receptive to mental health here. And I think, um, people like yourself and Leon and happiness Cove played a huge role in that. I think that is the bonus of being so isolated is that everyone is so much more comfortable being themselves and having their own unique message. And I mm-hmm. think we're really lucky to live over here. Um, but i think mental health is in a place now where the paradigm is shifting and in the next year or two it's gonna tip to a point where it's like spoken about freely Mm. i really feel and i feel perth in particular will be where change happens rapidly because obviously like happiness co and all that sort of shit Mm. (laughs) because people are people are just so much more open about it yeah Mm. Mm. Do
0: you um ha do you still reach out to any of your buddies in the FIFO industry? Because I I'll be honest, I've never worked in the FIFO industry. Yep. Yet as soon as somebody says to me, Oh yeah, no, it's really good, I work like two and one or four and one or yep. four and two or this, that and the other and I just all all I hear is the first bit is usually double the second bit. Yeah. And then I go. So let me get this straight. Over a six-week period, let's say. Yeah. Four and two. Over a six-week period, sixty-six percent of my life will be at work. Thirty-three percent of it won't. Right. How do I like that? How do I feel about that? And it's e. I can imagine it being easy to be allured by the money. Are yeah. You talking about oh, if I get three or four grand a week. Yeah. Great. Um, it's your life you're trading. It's your time. I'm going to be doing a podcast in two weeks' time with somebody who who goes deep on time, time literacy, how we perceive time. This that, that. I'm fascinated by it because I think people sometimes think it's an infinite resource, and and <laughs> it's and, our biggest asset, man. yeah That's it's our biggest asset, one. and yet we trade it away so fucking freely.
1: Yeah, well, I think the thing is, especially with FIFO, you go into it with the mindset that. I'm going to work hard for this long and make this much money which I can then invest in property or something else that's going to get me further ahead yeah. than if I was working in town. I'm going to make mm. double the money so I'm going to have to work half the time but in reality you get out there you get so accustomed to the lifestyle and the money mm. your perspective of normal life becomes so warped that I think people talk about golden handcuffs. It's You're stuck out there because... Unless you had qualifications that apply to silly life before you went into it, you have nothing else to fall back on. So you have mm. to keep going back if yeah. you want that sort of money. And what comes with money, if you're silly, like you're silly with your money like I was, is that you spend it. so you're continually spending as much as you're making. So, you know, you're going to be in this revolving door where you have to yeah. go back to FIFO, where your life becomes FIFO. Yeah. That, that's it, man. That's, that's the it. trap that people get stuck in. Yeah. Like, unless you're strategic with your money going in, you've got no chance. And you keep focused. Yeah, your that's time. it, man. You need accountability big time.
0: Do organizations offer any of that? They just want bodies and pay for bodies. Yeah. Or do they... No,
1: I don't. I haven't heard of anyone yeah. that offers that sort of strategy. Yeah. So,
0: um, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself in this journey?
1: I have learnt that I never. I felt like I was enough for my father, whose love I craved the most. Um, and after having talked to him, I've realized that that was a story I made up in my own head because I felt I was too soft um, for him. And that's why I did boxing, all that sort of stuff. I remember getting knocked out in front of my dad when I was boxing and so from then I just always felt like I wasn't enough um, and that uh, influenced a lot in my life Man, I've infected a lot of my life and that's a belief that I've held up until maybe two months two months ago that I wasn't enough um, what else I've learnt that I can be someone who cares someone who listens someone who doesn't need validation someone who can at times attached from the ego I'm hoping to be able to detach from that you know for life but I don't see I don't see any way that I can make that happen in the near future I've learnt that I can love freely and that I can just be comfortable being my absolute authentic self because as long as I'm comfortable with who I am it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of me, yeah, that's that's the most important thing. It's
0: <laughs> mm, pretty awesome. Yeah. And how do you? What are the stories you tell yourself
1: now? Well, part of my vision board is telling myself that I'm enough, um, affirming that I'm enough, affirming that I'm a healer, that I am here to make a difference, all that sort of stuff. So my stories are all positive. Mm are all aimed at helping me achieve my higher vision or purpose which is changing that stigma surrounding mental health and helping yeah. people resonate with the stories so that they don't feel alone it's powerful stuff man it is <laughs> i believe it i believe it 100 percent too like yeah it sounds cocky but when i say this to people i'm like i want to have such an impact and add so much value to so many lives that i want to be like scribed into the history books of like Socrates and Lao Tzu and shit like that like that's my vision I want to aim for the stars if I don't don't yeah (laughs) aim for the stars fall in a cloud who cares yeah Uh,
0: at least you got the ground
1: yeah go for it man that's (laughs) it so what did the next three to five years look like for Lachlan well in the next three years my goal my goal for this year is to have um, one of the top podcasts in the field in the world <clears throat> um, and I think I have an opportunity to move towards that this year, being a part of Aubrey Marcus's Fit for Service Mastermind. So I think the next three years will be continu- continuously interviewing elite or high-level influencers. Um, having that reach and having these stories shared so that it becomes mainstream. Continuously interviewing those sort of people speaking on stages um, and then within five years personally I would like my end goal for myself and my partner is just to have a piece of land with a tiny home big enough for us a baby and my, my daughter that I have now I don't I don't really have any big aspirations to be rich or famous or anything like that I just want to be happy that's yeah. it I'm, i live in a one by one apartment now we've minimized a downsize to that from a two by one um, we spent time uh, in traveling in a camper van so we just love the minimalistic lifestyle and i don't want to have any attachments to material possessions because i don't need it anymore because i'm comfortable <laughs> being me bro
0: hmm you're coming across as the
1: Kung
0: Fu the <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, do you have uh, any sort of daily routine? Any things you do consistently?
1: Yes. So, as soon as I wake up, <clears throat> I guess it starts with going to bed. So, going to bed, I will put my phone on flight mode. I'll put it on. Put on a Headspace track um, called Dream, and that's just set at a frequency that allows you to reach that deep state of sleep. So that helps me get to sleep so that I wake up refreshed. And then when I wake up, my phone will stay on flight mode until I finish my morning routine, which mm. is drinking 500 ml of water with pink salts, replacing the electrolytes and the minerals, um, flushing out any of the toxins. And then I'll jump on, I'll do 50 Wim Hof power breaths, oxygenate the body and the blood, Make it a little bit more alkaline. Exhale and then jump on a rebounder until I'm forced to breathe in. And I'll hold that. that rebound? It's a little trampoline. Yeah. So it's super good for your lymphatic system, which is the system in your body that transfers all the toxins and water up and down the body. But that helps to get that moving, fire it up. And with that water going in beforehand, that really helps you cleanse it. So you'll probably mm. more than likely go and piss like five to ten minutes later. Something that Tony Robbins uses. Yeah, he does it. He's got that whole thing before his
0: um, before he goes on stage, isn't it? You see him bang, 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 walks around, clap, clap. Usain Bolt, I'm on.
1: (laughs) That's it. So I I jump on that, um, breathe in, and hold that breath for as long as I can. And while I'm holding that breath, I'm really aware of making sure that I am trying to recycle. That air inside so i'm becoming really aware of my physical being mm. and that breath, so the fifty fifty power breaths are really like conscious like and so you don't really have any any time to focus on anything else. The rebounding yeah. is being present with the uh, holy shit um I'm on this one breath, like don't breathe in, don't breathe in, don't breathe in. So you focus on that one thing and then on that, on that breath hold where you're trying not to, trying not to let it out. Mm. You're focusing on that again, trying to recycle that air. That's staying present and that's the way I've decided to use is my meditation time. Mm. But then after that I'll read my vision board aloud. It's got like my goals and where I want to go, the people I want to meet, read that and then I'll read my affirmation. And after that is coffee. It's coffee? <laughs> yeah. It's go time. But um, so reading... what, like 20,
0: 25 minutes, 30 minutes of a day?
1: Yeah, about, about 20 minutes. But mm. reading, especially with reading that vision board aloud for anyone who's looking to get better at speaking, um, really reading something from start to finish and getting better at reading it and increasing your pace. Becoming more comfortable, especially like when my partner's up. When I first started reading that aloud I couldn't read it in front of her. I'd have to make her go on the toilet so I could read it because I was so wait till she's got an hour. So yeah. uncomfortable, man, but now mm. it's like I read it and it's helped me become a better speaker because I'm um, mm. every morning I am speaking. Like whether it's just me there or my partner there, I am speaking, I'm putting in the repetitions and getting better at it. And like with anything, the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, side note. (laughs)
0: There you go. Um, If you could go back and give (coughs) Lachlan a -hmm. piece of advice shortly after you attempted suicide the first time. Yeah. Knowing the journey that was ahead. Because there's no... Not beforehand, but from that journey, what piece of advice would you give him? Um
1: piece of advice Hmm. wouldn't be advice it'd be a question it'd be why do you feel like you're not enough because that spawned everything I think and me having to ask myself that question probably would have changed everything like, I love where I'm at now and I wouldn't change anything, but if I had to go back, that would be what I'd ask him. Because I'd I would trust him to ask himself that question honestly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and come up with the right answer. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And finally, if you could take a little nugget of knowledge... Just upload it into the collective consciousness. So I like how you, I it. like that actionist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I have that whole Neo from Matrix. Yeah. Like, oh, I know, come through. Um, if you could do that to the whole collective consciousness, so everybody got it, what would it be?
1: Um, I think it'd either be that centered around that being enough Mm. or like having, asking yourself this question, why do you feel like you're not enough? It'd either be that or going back to the present, like having people understand that anxiety is worrying about something that's going to happen in the future and depression is dwelling in regret over the past. And that if we just return to the present, the here and now, then we can either I guess from there you can like work towards getting better. You can't do it by focusing on the past or the future. You can only mm-hmm. do it in the present. That would one hundred percent be what I'd upload. Yeah. <laughs> Make life a lot easier. Yeah. Probably do it out of a job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. If anybody wants to come and find you, listen to you, where can we where can
1: they do that? Um, Join think, the group. Yeah, I think across Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other Android apps, uh, it'll just be open up podcast with Lachlan Samuel. Maybe social media, it'll be open up podcast. Mm. And it'll pop up with my face. I'm a Kiwi, so it's brown. <laughs> and I've got, a, I've got the same cap on in the picture. It's yeah. Blue cap.
0: <laughs> Indeed. There you go. Luckily, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. to talk to you today. And I feel privileged to have created a space and heard allowed you to tell your story so deeply and openly and honestly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to having you back on the show yeah, man. In, in years to come Yeah, when you're on stages talking, breaking barriers yeah. and stuff like
1: that. Well, it's hugely powerful what you do, man. Um, I'm grateful for people like you who are doing this, who are in this space, who are so willing Put themselves out there with something as vulnerable as this i know it's hard to share this these sort of stories like straight off the bat so it must have been hard for you because you started a hell of a long time before me so in many ways you're a pioneer in this field brother so thank you for doing what you're doing thank you and i'm excited for what you're going to do moving forward with men who you know have separated from their partners
0: yeah thank you very much (laughs) thank you bro cheers